Hello there and welcome to the premiere episode of Thanks for the Knowledge with John Warren, the show where I carry you in my weird arms across the crowded field of entertainment and games news each and every week. Not only that, I sit down with interesting guests. Uh, Every single week I meet someone new, someone with an angle on a story that I hadn't considered, uh, an expert in a field, or just someone really funny and cool. Uh, and if this is your first time here, you might notice that this, this, the rest of this podcast feed has some shows in it. And some of those shows are pretty similar to this show, but you know what? It had a boring name and I'm here to claim thanks for the knowledge as a brand, as an idea, as something that's more me. So, Hey, listen, we have a great show for you tonight. My conversation with Fumble Dimension host Kofi Yoboa is excellent and is coming later in the program. But first... We have to dig into our top story. LucasArts Entertainment Company, LLC, founded in 1982 by George Lucas as a game development studio alongside Lucasfilm, the company has developed and published some of the most memorable games across multiple eras. LucasArts developed games like Full Throttle, Day of the Tentacle, Super Star Wars, Star Wars Dark Forces, Shadows of the Empire, and many more classic games. Once known as Lucasfilm Games, the company was acquired alongside everything Star Wars related by Disney in 2012. Disney essentially closed the publishing and development aspects of the business and kept the company around to be the licensing wing for the massive exclusive AAA Star Wars deal signed with Electronic Arts in 2013. Under that agreement, EA released several hits like the recent Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and the popular MMO Star Wars The Old Republic, but also struggled with several canceled games during this time and the dreadful launch of the reboot of Star Wars Battlefront. This week, the news broke that Lucasfilm Games is back, not only with its classic name, but with a new purpose, to sign multiple deals with multiple developers and publishers to produce licensed content from George Lucas's and Disney's expansive vault of IP. It was confirmed on Wednesday that the exclusive AAA deal with EA for Star Wars content is set to expire and will not be renewed in 2023, at least not exclusively, because Ubisoft's massive team, developers behind the Division series of looter shooters, is working on an open world game set in the Star Wars universe. Based on the licensing deal with EA, we can probably expect this game to come out only after the deal expires, but nothing has been confirmed. In terms of if we've seen the last of EA-published Star Wars games, Lucasfilm Games Vice President Douglas Riley says they're still working with EA on several projects, though they're not ready to say which ones yet. Jedi Fallen Order from EA's Respawn Studio was critically and commercially successful and left our hero Cal to determine the next adventure ahead, so we can pretty safely assume that we will see a follow-up to that game. The Old Republic released an expansion in 2019, but there are no explicit signs that Bioware is stopping work on the game, so this franchise may continue as well. Lucasfilm Games is apparently quite busy outside of the galaxy far, far away because on Tuesday, Bethesda uh, tweeted a teaser trailer for an Indiana Jones game from Wolfenstein developers Machine Games, currently in development. Machine Games are obviously adept at pitting players against punchable Nazis, so this is a pretty obvious match between subject matter and developer. Still, the developer is known for first-person games, and it doesn't quite feel right to not always be looking at the world's most adventurous college archaeology professor in third person. Bethesda indicates this game is quite a ways away, so we'll have to wait to hear the details until Todd Howard, who is serving as executive producer on this project, is good and ready. 
Hey, speaking of Bioware, credible listings on digital storefronts all over the web popped up on Monday morning, seeming to confirm the release date of Mass Effect Legendary Edition of March 12th, 2021. The remaster of the original Mass Effect trilogy is one of 2021's most anticipated games, despite being a decade old at this point. The official announcement of the trilogy was made after months of being one of the industry's worst-kept secrets. Bioware has unveiled plans for the next Mass Effect while also saying goodbye to Casey Hudson, one of the central figures in developing the original trilogy. Mass Effect Legendary Edition will drop for PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One in the spring, unless all of these listings are wrong, which uh, we have no firm confirmation yet from Bioware, but we will keep you updated. Hey, before we uh, play my conversation with Kofi Yoboa, which is great, by the way, and you should stick around, uh, I just wanted to say the conversation was actually recorded on January 5th, 2021. Uh, we were supposed to run this show, the first episode of it, last week, but because of the events at the Capitol, uh, we decided not to go ahead with that episode and start it this week. So, uh, yeah, that's there's nothing really about this conversation that would clue you to that, but... Uh, yeah, it happened before the events on January the 6th, just so you know. Have fun. My guest this week is the co-host of Fumble Dimension over at Secret Base and social producer for Secret Base as well, as well as the uh, host of his brand new podcast, Chilling with Kofi. I am with Kofi Yabua. Hello. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you for being here. Uh, we we haven't spoken since you and Nikki clowned on me in Madden 21 uh, back in August. So uh, when um, the when the game was too broken for us to you know, <laughs> play game, correctly, Jeez. that game was that that game that game had been fumbled dimensioned uh, at launch. So like that yeah. was that it's was like not ingrained in the code <laughs> already. I can't. I can't believe John Boyce got a job as developer for T. Barone back uh, back in August. Um, yeah, man, he has two jobs. It's crazy. It's wild. I can't believe it. Yeah. Um, how are things going? Things are going good, man. Uh, we just released the Football Manager Fumble Dimension, both episode <laughs> one and two, and we're turning the new year. We're gonna have a couple. We're talking about having some format changes. We don't know what that will be. Yeah. For sure, but we're gonna be making. Um, some logistical improvements to the series as well. So I'm excited for that. Talk about the the new horizon. I can't believe I've been working on the show for about 18 months now. That's that's a, that's uh, wild. Yeah, yeah, it's gone right really fast. So I cannot wait to take this series to the next level. You know. Yeah, yeah, and it's super great. And I think uh, I think most listeners for for Fanbyte kind of know about Fumble Dimension, but. Do you want to give like a an elevator pitch for Fumble Dimension? Um, so Fumble Dimension is know? probably the way I see it. I qualify as the Twilight Zone for video games. <laughs> um, when we first came up with the idea, John and I are both huge Twilight Zone fans, and we love the the appeal of someone being in a world where not everything is as it seemed, or. <laughs> 
something that no one's ever done before no one's ever thought of it that way so we kind of liked looking at video games in that kind of headspace in that kind of direction so we've been able to make all of these episodes i think we have we have seven videos out six episodes no geez six or seven videos out about five hours of content that is very bingeable i think um, oh yeah because, you know. no, y'all y'all make these are beefy shows like they're really they're really really good but they they never overstay their welcome i mean there's there's always a setup of the premise of like the what if and then i just really really enjoy because and you know we can dive into this a bit now if we want but it's like sports sim sports sims especially when they allow you to do kind of longitudinal stuff with like their franchise mode um it is so prone to breaking in the weirdest ways and right you know like i was re-watching uh the basketball episode where y'all made everyone five foot four um and like shitty like shitty at everything um and like the way y'all book i i have uh this is my my shameful secret um i only simulate uh 2k 2k games so like when i get nba 2k I set up uh, my team, the Dallas Mavericks, and I just like I simulate it. I probably you never play. You never play the games. I never play the game. That's fair. And I just set it up, and I I simulate stuff. Like I will sometimes watch it happen. If you work with me at Fanbyte, you'll sometimes walk by my desk and see a switch set up that people just assume I'm watching <laughs> basketball on fucking Hulu or something. But I'm I'm just watching. I'm, I just have my sim. My little guys are running around. It's and, like when you. It's like when your parents would uh, watch you play like NBA Two K Seven and be like, "Oh, this is this is so real." Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, and so like I never even mess with anything, but I've seen these modes break. And what y'all do, in in kind of my view, is facilitate those those cracks and at to a gratifying effect, I would say. Um, I think that what we we like to do is we like to break games and also kind of tell a story as well. Sure, yeah. Kind of narrate what's happening because there are a lot of Let's Play channels on YouTube where you just adjust the sliders and see what happens. Right. We like to take the pace a little slower. We like to have John make these charts just to examine and illuminate just how much of an anomaly the sport we are dealing with is now being put in for fun want to mention so i yeah. like that kind of extra element to our videos and compared to like let's just make everybody 99 and see what happens and then yeah. it's like that's the end of the video it's it's you know? less about the wackiness and more about kind of the long-term what if this happened in real life kind of glance at at everything which like i think it works really, really well, and I I'm glad to hear y'all are you know working on a, a way forward with the uh, with the series because it's it's just super good. Um, you, <laughs> the other kind of side effect of Fumble Dimension I like is and I alluded to it is that you uh, you specifically look a lot and especially in the Football Manager episode, you look at like uh, the the games that have this kind of coaching simulation mode and versus the games that don't and. Um, and for me, a pervert that likes to sim stuff in sports games, uh, <laughs> it's really, it's really interesting to finally see something that feels mainstream saying, look at all these sports games that don't allow you to do this versus the ones that do. And it's something that like, 
I have nothing really to back this up, but I feel like the games that make their make their entire uh, uh, gameplay bits like able to like watch and coach and have that AI basically be autonomous are the ones that ultimately play better. Um, and so it's just really interesting to me to see. Um, I don't know the way I'll the way I'll look at that stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're, that. I- I think that the end that's why it's important at the end of each video we actually give a little two to three minute explanation on how the game worked or how right. good the game was yep. because at the end of the day we are not trying to say that this video this video game is bad right we're not trying to say that unless it actually is bad but <laughs> we will true. but we will give the game its props for hey this this mode was very intriguing or look at the extensiveness of what you can do in out of the park baseball so we like to give as bad as as much as we like to make the games look bad we <laughs> like to clarify at the end that these are not bad games it's actually the extensiveness of the coding and the design and the effort that's put into this that we can yeah. even make situations like this on our own accord yeah. and that's the that's the big part it's the fact that a lot of these simulators are creative and flexible and we're able to actually do fumble dimension episodes because like i said in the football manager episode i was trying to i looked at fifa to be able to try to do the experiment but fifa's fifa strongholds wouldn't let me do the actual experiment because they wouldn't let me sim and watch gameplay so that's a thing that I, while I was not thrilled about, I was like, I have to put this in the video because I have to show the transparency of like, look, we tried to do this in FIFA. However, this game had limitations yep. that that they, are, they really shouldn't be limitations in a AAA game like this. I should right. be able to, I should be able to simulate footage of a manager and watch the game. I should able I should be able to act like a manager and not have to just player lock a goalie and right. just hope if I, I had to do the best. that then then yeah, I wouldn't have done the video if that was my only option. If I had to player lock a goalie and see what would happen because then right. we are we are meddling with with the fate of fumble dimension, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean you you're you're scientists. You can't mess with the experiment, right? Um, right. So, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Um, before we circle back to some secret base stuff, I want to congratulate you on launching your own podcast, which is very exciting. Um, oh, thank you. Why did you want to get into this racket, Kofi? Uh, I just have a lot of time on my hands, and I need to stop playing Overwatch and all these games that just suck me in for four to five hours. You know, I've gotten into streaming since March. I love doing yeah. that. Um, but... I've wanted a podcast for about two years now. Yeah. And I figured out that the best way to like get something off the ground is probably just do it yourself. You have full creative control. Yep. You have full flexibility. And I think I think I'm at the position now in my career where I know all these cool guests and people and yeah. I wanna know more about their origin stories and more about them as characters, more about them as creators saying whoa what's your creative process i really admire this i really admire that because a lot of creators as ironic as it seems a lot of creators don't 
get to talk about themselves as much. They get to talk. Yeah. They get to talk about what the audience is interested in. So sure. I kind of want to peel back the curtain a little bit more and be like, okay, what is your creative process? Have you ever experienced creative burnout? Did you ever was this ever your original goal to begin with, or did you kind of just stumble into this? And I think that with these kind of interviews, we can kind of just peel back the curtain again and just talk to people and have genuine fun conversations and have some mailbag episodes where people ask me questions and I bring on a friend and then we just we just shoot the shit. So I'm very excited to have this. Also it's way as it's way easier than video editing. <laughs> it's that. super it's way easier. It's definitely yeah. true. Um I think you know you probably do have this kind of deep Rolodex of characters yet I was so um, I don't know, like, I, I thought it was very sweet and cool that your first episode was with your mom, and I think that was very cool, a really cool way to get to know uh, you and also your mom. Um, I have a few questions. Your mom is very smart. What was it like growing yes. up in a house where your your mom was, like, that smart and unbelievably, like, busy and cool? My mom, <laughs> both my mom and my dad were, like, just smart individuals. So as that was, only that was wild. It's, it's hard to like outsmart them because they're You're both right. logic they're both logical thinkers. They they are like, okay, this can't be happening because this, this, and this. And you can un- and I feel like people can tell in my work because the fumble dimension is basically just a science fair experiment with right. video. You have your hypotheses, you have your I think an abstract is part of it or whatever. Sure. You do your testing and that kind of was ingrained by being taught by my parents. Um, and also, I was just very understanding as a kid where it's just like, oh, my mom is in the lab working. My dad is working on starting his business or he's working on solar panel stuff. And it's just that their their career – we just had like career arcs, you know. It was yeah. just like for, for four years, my mom – it would be like, oh, for four years, my mom's an associate dean. Or for four years, my dad is – working for the government in D.C. And it was just like, oh, these are just new things. And it's cool to see my parents have all these new opportunities and still be able to use their degrees and use their brains. But it was hard for me being interested in sports, and neither of my parents really had that kind of a Mm. sports background. Right. Um, So my thing is my dad would watch sports, but he would never really play them. Like my I had to learn basketball by myself <laughs> by like watching um, VCRs of games that showed up on NBA on NBC and I had to read books on baseball and all of that. So whatever whatever my whatever showed up on the youth football no sorry, I never played football. Whatever showed up on the youth sports leagues field was like me doing my own research, which is kind of ironic cuz I grew up in a house of engineers. So. <laughs> You're doing you're doing your own field research. That's yeah, perfect. Um, exactly. Did you? Uh, I was I was I'm also an only child. Did you enjoy being an only child? It was it was good in some parts, but I don't yeah. really like a lot of attention focused on me at once. Yeah, so that kind of sucked. Yeah, I I I say that. I mean, arguing with your parents is the only child. It's like trying to defend a two on one fast break. <laughs> it's so true. You know, it's like so some, true. They they score a lot, but that that one time where they they turn the ball over, you know, you live for those moments. Um, it's so true. So it's amazing. Um, well, cool. Uh, also, 
congrats are in order for a secret base you'll already have a million subscribers right um yes we we reached a million very fast yeah i did that very quickly i'm not surprised by that i mean i just it it was it was just very fast and uh and i think there's the subscriber pace is very uh, it's very healthy i think it's like a thousand every day or two days you know yeah um which is which is great for us in terms of just being like hey hey people like what we're doing and yeah. new people are showing up and seeing this stuff as well yeah um i, I do want to ask about kind of secret base and uh you know your relationship to sb nation i mean it's still obviously a part of sb nation um but you know i remember a couple of years ago like you know uh, like nikki and i both been following uh, you all know, stuff for a while. That was something we bonded over right when he first started working here at Fanbyte. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, I, I don't know. We we kind of saw, it was like, SB Nation is great. Like, there are a lot of writers that came out of SB Nation that, like, we love and, and that's cool. What y'all were doing over there was not at all traditional sports coverage, right? It's just very, like deep dives into i don't know ricky henderson and the seattle mariners and weird stuff that like john boyce and that crew was doing and then fumble dimension was such a uh i don't know an accelerant to me in terms of like seeing that that content was really setting itself apart from i think traditional coverage like if you can at all elaborate about like how the decision was made to like spin off secret base and like you know, what those conversations were like, because I just think it's so interesting to see something that from an outsider's perspective was probably not on the execs radar at SB Nation of like how how sports coverage was going to move forward, you know, with uh, with that site. I think the creation of Seeker Base's YouTube channel actually starts a couple of years before mm-hmm. and it kind of the reason I think Seeker Base is Seeker Base the rebrand was necessary because there's just a change in content coverage. When back when SB Nation first had a YouTube channel, they were it seemed like they were trying to like chase ESPN, chase Bleacher Report in terms right. of daily traditional sports coverage, sports analysis, hot takes, the whole nine yards. And then two years ago, SB Nation just started to well, the Espionation YouTube channel, which I wasn't on at the time, uh, they started to rebrand and started to refocus and be like, hey, let's tell this evergreen content. Let's tell stories that people kind of know about, but they don't really know all about. Yeah. So that's when you started seeing all the series. You saw Beef History, you saw Rewinder, and then people, it seemed, it turned out that people loved those series. And. SB Nation's YouTube channel started to started to grow. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> um, but then it got to a point where SB Nation YouTube was doing all this evergreen stuff, all of this, all the stuff that dealt with history, dealt with newspaper research in the past, and SB Nation's website was still doing is still doing is still doing correct correct they're still doing this <laughs> they're still around they're still chugging they're, along <laughs> they're still they're still around they're they're doing them and the team blogs are doing still the daily stuff the yeah. weekly analysis all the good blogging all of the good um introspectives and all of the good again analysis 
that is like day-to-day present-day stuff so I feel like Secret Base kind of needed to just rebrand in terms of the fact is like, hey, this is what we are doing different types of content than the SBNation.com flagship site and the team blogs. Um, so it was just kind of just like a, a separator. So we kind of see ourselves as we are still under the umbrella of SB Nation. Don't get sure. me wrong. We just do different types of content, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, did did um, yeah. I don't. I, I first of all, I'm just now realizing that Secret Base is also SB. I'm like looking at your website, and I can't believe I didn't. I didn't realize that before this moment. Um, that's yeah. People people keep people keep. When we changed it from SB Nation <laughs> to Secret Base, people thought that like did did SB Nation all always stand for Secret Base? Was it <laughs> Secret Base Nation? And like it no. <laughs> but it's incredibly funny to see people be like it oh, is it is very funny it's the same it's the same acronym i mean same letters you know <laughs> so. um well that's really cool i is there ever any pressure on uh on your team's side to to chase any of that stuff i mean i have to imagine that's kind of that's kind of gone away now chase like, any of the like I, just daily yeah the daily, da- daily no. or like do y'all ever do like algorithmic like seo analysis stuff like that's what i think is so amazing about about your content we, is that like the thing, I, it just the thing it seems agnostic to that stuff the same that the thing that's so good is we know that every youtube video we do is going to do at least a hundred thousand views, no yeah. matter what we cover. And right. we're glad. I'm glad that we have the YouTube audience that is rabid and believes in the content we make, no matter what the sport is. I yeah. mean, some sports might have more views than others, but at the end of the day, we all know this is quality sports coverage across the across the board. And you know, we have a website where you know Graham writes about interesting ancient dinosaurs and mars and our, our websites <laughs> all over the place in terms of great content. content yeah it doesn't even involve sports anymore yeah all, all the time doesn't involve sports all the time but i think that we're so confident in our our audience interaction in term and also the fact that the audience is going to like whatever we put out because we put a lot of effort and research into everything that we we make so now that we have the the fan base we can kind of get even more and more experimental as we go along which is the great part yeah that's amazing um you are a cincinnati Bengals fan i believe sadly yeah yeah uh how you feeling this year uh i cannot believe he won four games (laughs) after 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 i see joe burrow just like his leg just gets decimated. Oh, that I was, was like, so bad. We don't. I'm like, we're not winning a game after this. And then we beat the Steelers somehow, which is yeah, beat the Steelers. incredibly hilarious. And I will, I will remember that for you take ever. it with you. Just take because, it with you. Put it in your pocket. Because yeah. we have so many like really bad losses to the Steelers. Yeah. Over yeah. the years. So yeah, what was it? it? Was like seven years in a row or something that y'all hadn't won? It, it's won it's year? a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of games where we didn't even come close. Do you feel good about Joe Burrow once he gets healthy? I like him. I'm a yeah. huge fan. I mean, there were some 
there were some games earlier where he had a potential game winner to AJ Green, but they called OPI and then they right. missed the field goal and then you know just just some Bengals bad luck. But I already I already like him. I I wish him nothing but the best, a healthy recovery, and I hope that we can somehow turn the franchise around. You know. Yeah, my my guy also broke his leg. I'm a Cowboys fan, unfortunately. I don't know oh, when I'm. I'm sorry, not, I don't I'm know. Back. I don't know when I'm going to get over that, just being a Cowboys fan. I, every year I'm kind of like, this is my last year of being yeah. a dyed-in-the-wool Cowboys fan, but I keep coming back. Um, I don't know. I should get a new team. Should should it be the Bengals? No, definitely okay. not. Okay. Any any other team, man. Don't, don't, do, don't do this to yourself. <laughs> uh, Natalie Weiner writes for us sometimes, so I might just yeah. get on her Seattle Seahawks bandwagon. Let's see, let's see how that goes. Seattle, um, the Seattle games are they're fun. They're I fun. Like their, I like their fan base and that yeah. every game, every game, Seattle fans tweet about it as like it's like a heart attack. <laughs> they like, do. Uh, That's definitely so. Like, I mean, this game, this game is so stressful. One time I was, I read a thing. I was like, this game is so stressful. I'm like, you guys are five and one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Every single like, moment what? is hanging by a thread. It seems like for them, I it's was wild. Like, what is happening? I've never <laughs> felt that ever. Yeah, but it's they're good fan base. I like them. Yeah, me too. Um, uh, Speaking of football, uh, one of the things that I I, you 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 mentioned you started streaming stuff and and I'll I'll check in on that stuff. You know, every every once in a while, whenever I get the notification, I'll pop in. Um, Thank you. You you uh, you play. You seem to not really give a shit about what you play, which I think is great. Like, no, I I don't. The thing about Twitch is that. I know there are a lot of streamers that just like follow whatever game is popular sure. at the time, but if I if I I know that if I did that, there will be some streams where I just do not enjoy what I'm playing. Right. Yeah. And the thing is, is that if I don't enjoy playing a video game, and it's What's, not for work, I will right. stop. Yep. I will. I will. I will be like, I'm sorry, guys. I don't like this at all. I'm going to play like what I actually like to play, which is, which I think kind of, I don't think it sets me apart, but it just keeps me honest as a Twitch streamer. Well, yeah. Because I mean, I, I, I can't like fake the excitement. I can't do that. I will, <laughs> I will just be like, look guys, I can't even pretend to be excited about, um, insert game here. Um, let's play, uh, anything else. Yeah. Um, the, the moment I realized that, you know, you were really, you know, not swayed by that kind of thing is when I checked in, you were playing all pro football 2k8, which is, I, I think I've streamed that once and I was literally the only person doing it at the time. Um, which is amazing. Uh, Do you like those 2k football games? I, I love them. The thing about, so the thing about all pro football 2k8 is I actually like the mechanics better than 2k5 same i feel like the throwing is more crisp in yep. 2k8 and it's like they had they actually fixed it and it's like oh this is great too bad like they they couldn't get the rights to the game yeah I mean, it's, good to, to the rights to the nfl you it's, know they, it's like get, the rights it, issues and then also like the franchise stuff like i wish there was a franchise mode in that game because you can just yeah. play season to season um, I, I wish it was more. I, th- I wish it was even more of a sandbox than it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, what What do you think? That, why, why do you think? Because I I am one of those obnoxious people that's like, 
I'll play a new Madden, and every single year I'm like, this isn't as good as All Pro 2K or 2K5. Um, like, what is it for you that sets uh, that franchise apart from from other football games? I think it was just the effort that was put into those games. You know, the more Madden games that get made, the more you can see how much of a, like a copy and paste it is, and it's like, yeah. imagine. Imagine if the tortoise and the hare raced and there was no hare and it was just the tortoise like knowing he was going to win being by himself. We'd just be like, okay, I'll just go at my own pace. It doesn't really matter at this point because I know I'm going to win anyway. And that's what that's what every that's what every 2K game feels like. That's what every Madden game feels like. Yeah. Um, you know, any game, any sports game that doesn't really have competition anymore, it just feels like, hey, we know you're going to buy this anyway because you don't – it's like new Apple products, kind of. Yeah. You know, if you don't buy, if you, sometimes if you don't have the blue text messages, people won't even text you. You know, it's like <laughs> kind of that kind of mentality. It's kind of like cultish, honestly. Yeah. Um, but two ESPN two K five. It was a very high quality game for its time, and it was like half the price of Madden when it came out. And then you had All Pro Football two K eight, which. 2k did the best that they could to make a very very deep game but there's only so much that you can do without rights yeah um to current players so i gotta tip my hat off to them and that's what makes the 2k the 2k special series kind of stand out even though there aren't as many installments as uh the ea and madden yeah versions anymore yeah, I, I definitely miss it. I mean, I, remember, I was 19 when 2K5 came out and I think I think it was I think it was like literally 2 months after that game came out. EA signed that deal with the NFL and I was like, "Well, yeah. Huh, cool. All right. That's well, this is yeah. this is it." Um and I just kind of knew. I was like, this is just going to keep going in in perpetuity and like every few years when I hear that EA's re-up that deal, I'm just like, "Wow. They really huh?" They've really but got there this is unlocked. A, but there is a community that, you know, through emulators, through HD, yeah. roster updates, that game never really technically dies. You just have no. to find the right way to uh, oh, yeah. play it. I've I've know? definitely I've definitely broken the bones of my Xbox three sixty, getting all that mod stuff in there and getting yeah. like the the PC editors to like update the teams and uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's like a simulation league that like uh, that's in its, I think, 15th season that, like, has general managers, and they basically just, like, sim these teams. They have, like, insane production values. Yeah. Um, it's it's just wild what people still do with uh, All Pro 2K8 and, uh, and 2K5. Um, that's the thing, and that's the thing about these sports games. If you, if you lay the right foundation, people will play this game forever. Forever, yeah. Um, what else are you playing besides, uh, you know, 2K8? All right, so I was playing a lot of Overwatch for the past two and a half years, but I finally uninstalled it. I'm oh, you're free! For you're free. <laughs> I, I'm free, but ask me next week, and I might have a different answer. <laughs> um, I'm playing this game called Teardown. Oh yeah, yeah. Nikki played that on the screen. You had to. Uh, you have to like destroy buildings and steal objects. It's really interesting and cool. Um. I'm yeah, it's like getting, a also, ton of ton of physics in that game. Like a lot of like 
environment physics. I mean, I think every everything's made out of like voxels, which is really interesting. But that's that's yeah. a cool game. I like that. And then I downloaded totally accurate battle simulator. Yeah. Um, which I am. So basically, in between fumble dimensions, I just look at all these games and try to just see what happens and what if this has fumble dimension potential or whatever. So we're we're also thinking about doing non-sports stuff. So, you know, we've looked at Civilization, Ark Survival Evolved, GTA, Red Dead, all those games to see what we can do as well. Um, Interesting. So that's awesome. That's basically like whenever I release, whenever we release, if I want to mention, I have a little bit of downtime before we go into the next. Um, video process so yeah it's always good to explore and just i looked at um i looked at roller coaster tycoon i found it on steam <laughs> and i was like yo is this is this doable you know it's it's kind of a wild little ant farm you can do a lot with it it's true yeah anything that's like a sandbox or playground so i so the thing is is that i also get a lot of fumble dimension proposals yeah for of course like people people have like whole outlines for like what the video would be and i don't i don't read those right what i could because i don't read those because everyone has their own idea anyone everyone has their own idea of what a fumble dimension episode will look like we could tell you the game and we can tell you what we're doing and then some people will be like well that's not how i expected this video to be and i'm like well sorry <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I worked on this video for four months. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> and it's not, and it's like, hey, I make, we make videos that we like because we yeah. know that if we like them, other people will too, but we're not going to just like zone in on like a certain demographic and be like, we want to make this video just for the football manager fans we know that's not how we operate you know we have to think about the entire audience and not just um a certain small sliver because then what if you get the small sliver likes it and then everybody else is like what the fuck is this you know <laughs> so it's it's really hard you can't please everybody and that's what we've learned with um, making all these episodes but we still yeah. love make we still love doing it I think making content for yourself is really, I think the way 99% of the 99% of yeah. the time. Um, Cause I don't know, like stuff that makes you laugh will probably make, you know, similar people laugh and that's probably a pretty large group. So I don't know. That makes sense. Yeah. My um, thing is that if my thing is that if John doesn't like the final cut, then we have like some troubleshooting to do, but that's sure. never happened. Right, but that yeah. would be the one where I'd be like, "Okay, well, oh, shit, yeah." Have y'all ever bad. have y'all ever gotten like uh like a ways through production and figured out something wouldn't work? Has that happened before? Uh, no, that's never okay. really been a thing because we because again we do like a science experiment, right? Right. If yeah. if we have this hypothesis and nothing happens or nothing like drastic happens we're not gonna just scrap the entire project because yeah. then if we were if we were just making fun dimensions for the drastic effects and extreme effects then we become super predictable right you know and we want this series to be as unpredictable as possible 
So if we only have disaster events that happen, then everybody's going to expect it, and then people get tired of that. Be like, oh, right. you guys do the same. It's the same slant, different video. No, we don't want to. We don't want to put ourselves in that box either. Yeah. So that makes sense. Well, I'm super excited about the future of Fumble Dimension. Um, I yeah, I don't know. I can't wait. Uh, if you want to go check out. Uh, everything that Secret Base has to offer. Uh, they have a Twitter account. It's at Secret Base, right? Yes, at Secret Base on Twitter. You'll have merch as well. I'm just trying to hit all the points that you hit in your video a second ago. Uh, yeah, we have we have right. merch, and it's good um, merch too. It's really good merch. I have to say, I'm pretty jealous of the merch situation. It's really cool because we work with. Uh, don't forget to be awesome. Oh, okay, uh, that site. Um. And basically how we come up with merch is that we have, like, a, a merch slack room, and we're just like, okay, what if we did this but here? What if we did this but here? So it's really up in the air. We don't really have, like, that many – we don't really have that many things, like, planned in, like, the long term. But it's, like, if we all come together and we're just like, oh, dude, this we would be this. so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, can, yeah. we can make it happen, which is incredible. Yeah, um, yeah, that's – it's amazing. Um, and uh, Kofi, where can people find you online? Okay, so you can find my Twitter. Uh, it's Kofi, K-O-F-I-E. You can find my Twitch. It's Chill Kofi, C-H-I-L-L-K-O-F-I-E. Um, Chillin' with Kofi's on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And Instagram is Kofi Yeboa, K-O-F-I-E. Y e b o a h. Uh, and you should definitely go check out the podcast. It is super good. Uh, really fun uh, first episode with uh, Kofi's mom. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. Uh, Kofi, thank you so much for hanging out. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Anytime. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll have to come back and I don't know. Make me look, look make me look bad at some other sports game. Cause that would be good. Um, <laughs> Uh, all right, we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, have a good one. Well, I thought we were more or less out of the Cyberpunk 2077 woods for a while, but on Wednesday, the CD Projekt team released a video message and an updated timeline for improvements and additions to 2020's most discoursed and dissected video game. Uh, Marcin Iwinski, co-founder of the Polish studio, took to Twitter to apologize for various aspects of Cyberpunk 2077, like the console versions of the game and the bugs the game shipped with in December. Though Iwinski dove into the internal decision-making that led to these missteps, which is pretty interesting, he never addresses the crunch or the pretty clear misdirection of sending PC review keys without console keys, despite launching both versions at the same time. In the written version of the apology, uh, which you can find on cyberpunk's website crunch is more directly addressed by saying no mandatory crunch will be thrust upon the team when working on these updates and additions uh, they go on to say that crunch being avoided will be a priority for the team going forward but we've heard this before frankly from the team uh, and they've gone back on that word especially for cyberpunk 2077 in addition to the explanations given Iwinski updated the project roadmap of the game indicating that a few patches and the free dlc launch will come in the first half of 2021 while the next gen upgrades for xbox series and playstation 5 will come out in the second half of 2021. 
That's going to do it for this episode of the show. If you like Thanks for the Knowledge, please swing by your podcast reviewer of choice and rate the show. Leave a comment. It really helps. Thank you so much to Kofi Yaboa for hanging out this week. You can go check out his podcast, Chilling with Kofi, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It's a really good show. Uh, and listen, the rest of our podcasts over at Fanbyte are wonderful as well. You can check those out at fanbyte.com slash podcasts or at podcastnet.work. Y'all take it easy. And until next time, you're welcome. Welcome.